Hey there, and welcome to Beer Branding Trends, conversations on building stronger craft beverage brands. Kodo Design has spent more than a decade working with craft food and beverage artisans, helping them to brand or rebrand, reposition, and reimagine what a compelling F&B brand can be. This show captures all of our fieldwork and experience into practical strategies, tips, and tactics to help you build a stronger brand and sell more beer. I'm Isaac Arthur. And I'm Cody Fagg. And this is the Beer Branding Trends Podcast. Hey, Cody, what's up? Hey, Isaac, how you doing, man? I am fantastic. Cody, it's go time. You've worked with your design firm for nearly 10 months, and you're finally ready to unveil your rebrand to your fans. New identity packaging and tap handles, new website, merch, and sales sheets, shiny new delivery vehicles, new glassware, new year, new you. The big day comes, and you watch with bated breath as everything goes live on social media. Press releases go out. Local Veer Press is alerted, and everything is going great until a negative comment pops up. Okay, no biggie. But then there's another one, and another one. And now we're looped into some sort of nasty Twitter thread. There seems to be a large number of people who really don't like the new look. And now people are comparing our new identity to the logo of a brewery we've never heard of halfway across the country. There's already a negative Reddit thread about our packaging. How? We just announced this stuff three hours ago. Some guy calling himself BeerZorro98 has started a petition to get us to change everything back to the way it was. Cody, that was a particularly thrilling excerpt from our latest book, Craft Beer Rebranded. And we're going to talk today about how to launch a brewery's rebrand. This is a very important topic. People kind of gloss over it, put it on the back burner when they're going through a rebrand, and that is uh, increasingly the absolute worst approach you can take to this. So, Let's jump right in before I keep reading. Tell me why the manner in which a brewery launches its rebrand or reintroduces the change to its fans is so important to get right. So I, I don't want to make this sound too dire mm-hmm. because I think people over the years have become more literate about rebrands and why a company might change its look. I've noticed people become a little bit more understanding about that, but in general, people do not like change. I don't like change because I have to learn new stuff and I'm lazy. <laughs> you are. <laughs> in, in in beer, a change could mean a lot of different things. Did they get acquired by XYZ? Is there some kind of new management? Did something bad happen that they're trying to cover up? Are they not the special thing I fell in love with initially? I liked their old stuff. Why did they change it? Was there something wrong with me? <laughs> How, how how could they? Let, that's exactly right. And let's back up and talk about why this is so hard. So you, you don't want to make it sound too dire. I don't want to make it sound too complicated. But this can be a, an extremely logistically challenging process. So give me a rundown on the types of things that, that, our, that we work with our clients to manage when planning to launch their rebrand. Yeah, it, it would be really easy to underestimate how many moving parts there are to a brand launch, particularly now in 2021. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past, we've called it a complicated dance. I, I wonder if it's not more like throwing a series of complicated dances over a period of time, because realistically, you have to make sure your packaging squared away, both from a production standpoint, which right now with the can shortage can be an issue, especially if you're trying to do uh, direct printed cans. Yeah, get in line, man. Got to be approved by the feds um, if you're selling across state lines or if your state requires it. So you know, factor in a few more weeks there, uh, potentially of changes and, and getting that thing put through the government 
interface. Everything has to be on hand, ready to be packaged. The beer has to be ready to go. So you're lining up uh, potentially if you're unrolling a new flagship, for example, or you want to have beer to coincide with the launch. You got to have that ready to rock. You may or may not be launching a new website as a part of this. So not only do you have to get that new thing up there and make sure all the kinks are worked out, but potentially archiving any legacy content from the old one if you need to do that. New social media art, both avatars and kind of the banner images and stuff, but also just, hey, we're making a change kind of artwork, campaign awareness, press releases have to go out. (laughs) To say nothing of signage at your brewery, you may need to get that permitted with whatever municipality you are in. Getting it installed at times in the past overnight ahead of a launch party with clients we've had happen before. New merch, you know, sick new hats, t-shirts, fanny packs, whatever. And all of this kind of ignoring the big soft thing of you need to start educating people, not just your customers, but internal staff, folks there at the brewery, salespeople, distributors, key accounts, everyone in the world has to have a bit of a heads up, you know, potentially your closer partners who kind of deserve that heads up about the impending changes. So you can see there's a million pieces kind of all moving in this horrible swarm at once. (laughs) Yeah, and I can think of two or three others right off the bat, but that that is a good overview. And and the last point there, maybe we should stick with that for a moment. You talked about letting internal folks know, letting, letting just the team members know. Let's talk about the most important thing that we have to do internally. This is a small thing. It's not major, but we do like to let our clients know right off the bat what what is maybe one of the more important things we should do as we prepare to launch that rebrand aside from make the beer and get it into the fancy new cans correct uh, this is more about maybe the internal mental preparedness um oh yeah it's a reality of internet you just need to gird yourself for potentially that one guy who's going to get a hair stuck in his craw and have a big problem with no matter what you change you're going to get a little bit of flack now that may or may not ha- actually happen. You know, th- a lot of this is contingent upon how the rebrand is handled. But by and large, because, you know, the Internet has that thousand monkeys and a thousand typewriters thing going on, somebody's going to complain. It's just going to happen. People don't like change, whether it's big, whether it's minor. And that's fair, I think. You know, put yourself in someone's shoes. They're going to have to be looking out for this different thing that they once loved is that confusing for someone potentially uh, if they've supported you since, you know, back before you had a fancy logo, how are they feeling about it? If it wasn't broke, why'd they fix it? Yada, yada. Yeah. I, I wish I were better than this personally, but you'll, we'll receive a hundred comments or our brewery client will receive a hundred comments, positive co- comments when they launch something. And then there'll be one negative and that's all you focus on. That's, that's very immature, but I think most people kind of deal with that to a degree. That's one of the, the more, horrendous parts of social media. So yeah, gird yourself. Major process point, we can move on. Yeah, and and the most public version of this we've seen in recent years, hell, recent months, was Anchor's uh, rebrand. So it was really a big mess. And without casting too much blame or, or being unprofessional, because you and I are fans of Anchor, I just see their unveiling and their brand launch as a complete process failure across the board. I think without being there and kind of being the fly on the wall and knowing exactly what happened. I think there's probably bigger problems with that rebrand than just how it was rolled out. Yeah. But 
I think what we're talking about here in terms of education could have saved them a lot of pain. Actually, I wonder how involved, you know, folks like, like, look, Anchor had their union employees come out and say, hey, that we're not crazy about this change. So what that tells me is, uh oh, these folks were not treated as stakeholders, potentially. Mm-hmm. So when you say process failure, yeah, because they should have been ready and, and behind whatever, whatever the change was going to be of such a legendary brand. Um, the rollout was super, uh, we've, we've, you and I can say it was ad agency E to each yeah. other. And, and you yeah. and I know what that means to someone who's not an industry insider. I'm going to try to describe it. The rollout was very almost dated in a way. It was like almost like a pre social media style rollout. And I don't yeah. know, I don't know how to, I don't even know how to describe why. Cause it was, it's, it felt very one-sided fans didn't know it was coming. Employees didn't even know what to expect. And then after all of that, Anchor essentially like wrote an apology for it, but then just left it the same. So yeah, process failure, failure, totally. Could they have potentially released the exact same work, but done it in a way that was a little bit more um, emotionally intelligent? Potentially. I mean, again, I, I wasn't there and I don't know exactly what happened internally, but even just involving people at different points could have made a huge difference again with the exact same work. So no matter what you think about the final product involving people just helps to make things smoother. So yeah, rough, rough go for anchor on that one. Yeah. And that's, we don't need to keep kicking that poor horse (laughs) here, but it was just a complete nightmare across the board. And the reason I bring it up is, is here in three weeks, you are, our team's traveling down South to kick off a, a very, very large rebranding project and in those early business development conversations, in the onboarding conversations, they were talking about Anchor. Like this brewery was saying, we saw that. We don't, what can we do to avoid that? So <laughs> this is a thing that has become, I, I, <laughs> I don't want Anchor just to become shorthand for shit show brand launch, but I, I think maybe like right now it is. So when that story broke, we had we had more than 10 people send it to us from our, our newsletter subscribers saying, what is happening here? Please write about this. So if, if you're interested in a more thorough breakdown, head over to beerbrandingtrends.com. We have that in the archive section. You can check it out. Let's please stop talking about Anchor. I love that brewery. I don't, I won't, I just feel bad. Okay. We've covered now why considering how you launch your rebrand is important. Let's, let's shift to tactics and how to actually do this. So Cody, let's dive into how we go about this process. And maybe maybe to, to set you up even clearer, clearer here, counterintuitively, we begin internally, long before we think about a fancy campaign or an ad agency campaign type thing. Walk us through some of the steps of getting your internal team in lockstep with the change long before you start announcing it. Sure. And, and, and I mentioned earlier, when you're unveiling work like this, your employees should understand it and be behind it. And if they are not, then you forgot to do something <laughs> along the way. So, I, I mean, we've talked a lot in the past about how talking to people within a brewery, within any organization, actually helps us make the work better, mm-hmm. more accurate, more compelling, helps us understand the moving parts. So that's kind of its own beast. And, and we've talked about that before. And, and that's kind of a different conversation. But another big point in that, and it, I, I would say it's actually equal to the fact that the work comes out better, is that... I think when you talk to people all through the organization, so that doesn't necessarily just mean management or or kind of the executive team, but I, I don't know, salespeople who drive the truck, front frontline on the ground people, so that A, you can kind of 
you know, plant the seed in their ear that a change is coming, but you can also give them a sense of ownership in the rebrand. I'm going to be way more proud of the new brand that comes out if I know that, hey, you know, someone did come along and I, I got to kind of bend their ear and weigh in on it. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like a part of myself is in that, you know, no matter how small it, it really matters, it really counts. Again, emotional intelligence, kind of helping share the ownership throughout your organization of this new branding. You can kind of do more classic tactical stuff like internal presentations or memos. But I think the best way to accomplish this, honestly, is to just get people involved in thinking about the design process. You know, no matter how minor or cursory it it might seem, great things start small. The more you can get people excited, the more you can give your team, you know, really dope pieces of merch cool hats, fanny packs. I don't know. I'm really, I'm, I'm in a fanny pack mood today. I don't know what it yeah, is. Yeah. You're, you're on a, you're on a fanny pack kick. They're, they're convenient. They're economical. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> they're sexy. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this extends to like, you almost have to think of on-premise accounts, distributor, you know, relationships that you have kind of the same way, whether you're having them weigh in upstream in the branding process, but also just giving them a heads up like, Hey, this is coming you know, work with people to make sure they have the tools they need both to talk about it, but also just to kind of show it off and and brag on it a little bit. So depending on how well you executed the branding process, these people were already there, they were already on board, but the easier you can make it, the better, the more valued and respected people's opinions are, the better. And I think that's really kind of what this is all about when we're having a conversation about unveiling and launching and and revealing new things. Yeah, there's a whole lot of getting people excited without scooping your new Mm -hmm. work. And I think that to your point, just to reiterate it, the emotional intelligence aspect of involving people cannot be, the importance of it cannot be overstated. You get these people, I mean, not that you need cover fire, but you have, you have an army of people out there explaining the story for you. In addition to your own work that we're getting ready to talk about when we, when we shift to more external facing things. So so yeah, extremely important to think about all of your internal partners. You kind of get into internal slash external when you think about like distributors and stuff too, but but I, we just call them internal. That's that's semantic. So let's let's shift here a little bit again. Once you have the internal team squared away, now we can start beginning to plan for the external launch. These these actually kind of happen congruently, but we can just talk about it here uh, independently. So let's talk about creating that master campaign timeline. Cody, we've already, you already gave a huge list of all the moving parts that need to be managed, but, but let's talk about some of the the really important ones again, that we need to get that, that we, the design firm and our brewery clients need to figure out so that we can work backwards and build the timeline to figure out when can we launch? Sure. I mean, I, I will go over the things I can think of from the top of my head, but if you really want to scour the the bottom of the possibilities here with this, I would definitely go ch- check out craftbeerrebranded.com and specifically the section on launching your brand because we've got a really great, like in in the sort of sister workbook that we have attached to it, we've got a really great punch list of all the considerations you might need to make. But again, just for the sake of conversation off the top of my head, a lot of the planning revolves around how much pre-printed cans stock are you sitting on can you buy yourself some time either by placing another order, which is really tricky right now with the aluminum thing going on, but <laughs> can you, you are you able to use all of that up before the switch to new packaging so that you're not sitting around with a bunch of dead stock that you can't do anything with? Can you repackage it, relabel it somehow? We've seen all those different situations. Kind of setting a target date is really important because that will help you line up the dominoes of, hey, we actually have to make the beer. We have to get the 
TTB, thumbs up, production, packaging, distribution schedules all have to be taken into account. So having a target date that that considers all of those factors can be really helpful. And then you can kind of work backwards from there. Save for the website launch. When is that going to make the most sense congruently? You know, in in beer with breweries, so much of this ends up revolving around packaging and when we can drop the new packaging at, and, and when that makes sense because people have so much cash tied up in uh, the physical packaging. But website, super important. Things like social media, all of that to support it and to bolster it, super, super key. Another thing, some kind of event, a huge beer festival that everybody goes to. Maybe you're celebrating a big round number anniversary and you're excited about that and you want that to kind of be your deadline can be really nice, especially for developing a fun celebration with your fans. And then that's kind of the final point is, is there going to be any kind of beer release or event or just, I don't know, like a fun, like celebratory party after it's all launched so that everybody can kind of enjoy and bask in the work and, and, and celebrate the launch at the end of all of that. We think there should be where possible, Mm -hmm. but you know, that's another thing to think about too, because again, on-site education, being able to unveil to like your hardcore fans that would show up to something like that can really make a difference in terms of how the public receives a rebrand. We're proponents, maybe just a a tactical thing here. We're proponents of a launch week or even month. And, And that's almost just because of all the moving parts we've talked about here, that just gives us more time to get everything out. It just gives you leeway. You're not crushed to hit a specific day. The ship isn't lost if we don't, you know, if cans don't come in by this day or if the website isn't live. It just something small can throw off this really carefully choreographed thing. And and so just don't don't pressure yourself. I mean, unless unless your internal culture is one that thrives on. No, we have to hit August 25th and that's the deadline. It just just give yourself some time to get this squared away. So. Let's keep going on this. Other than unveiling your new branding on like a big anniversary date or maybe making the transition to to new packaging, that usually is the most important thing because of how important that artifact is, how important your packaging is. That's usually the main driver of when we can launch a brewery. We've got all these other parts, obviously, like getting packaging in-house, launching the website. But getting your packaging, that's usually the... we, We were talking about building a master timeline here that's kind of the thing that holds up everything else. And that was even before the aluminum shortage. But if you can get all of that stuff in, in time, like even a, even like a large chain retail reset or something, it's just not as pressing as can we actually get the packaging and execute on this stuff. So making sure that is ready to go is one of the most important, just big flags that we can plant and go, okay, now we have to work back X amount of weeks to start thinking about our launch campaign. So and not to keep repeating our points here, but but you really should be talking to your your vendors, your your the can bottle vendors, whomever they are, really early. You need to factor in TTB approval. You need to factor in production. That really frustrating thing if you're getting painted cans where you have to send in your art and just sit there for three months with nothing happening because they just need your art for some reason three months early. <laughs> How much old stock are you sitting on? Can you? Is that just sunk cost and we're going to toss all that? Are we going to label over it? Are we going to are we going to move with with new packaging out in the market alongside old packaging? That actually that's actually a good point there. That often dictates if we roll everything out at once or stack or the release with old and new stock in marketing or geez branding in the market at the same time. Cody, 
Is that the end of the world? Honestly, I can't think of a project where everything rolled out exactly at the same time. Yeah, maybe maybe once actually out of like 15 right. rebrands. And, and that's just because it it's the the more successful you are, the more moving parts you have, it just gets harder and harder. In a perfect world, yes, of course, everything comes on, goes live at once. It's extremely rare, at least in our experience, and staggering the release of these different new branding elements generally is what you end up having to do. And and that's okay. I mean, again, you're, you're, uh, you're, you're overseeing something that's extremely complicated and ultimately you want to optimize it to make it as clear as possible, but there's probably going to be, if there's legacy packaging that's still out on the market, or if there's some taproom signage that, you know, you're waiting to update in kind of like a phase two or a phase 1.5, you know what? It's fine. It, just get it done when you can and and do your best with how you can. Yeah, three or four years ago when we started handling more rebrands, we were really bullish on, no, everything's got to go live at once. And after years of doing it and more experience, I just don't think it... I mean, you should strive to have a very cohesive launch. It's just no one's going to remember or care three years from now. I mean, your, your rebrand... The launch is a very important time, a very exciting time because you get to, you have all eyes on you. You get a chance to make a big splash and let people know where you're headed, where you've been, that sort of thing. But no one's going to, people aren't going to hold something against you or even remember a year later if, if you don't have, let's say you have five flagships and only four of them were able to get the new cans in time. It just, I don't know that it matters. I mean, I know we're, now we're kind of just backtracking on everything <laughs> we spent the entire episode talking about but yeah just this is the real world this was the real world before the aluminum shortage as well so just try to get it as clean as you can and move forward let's talk let's wrap up now on there are a lot of different ways you can announce your rebrand just actually announcing the thing let's walk people through one of our preferred methods this isn't the one this isn't maybe preferred but it's just one that ends up making a lot of sense on most of the projects that the Kodo has handled so far. Uh, and, and that would be the, the teaser campaign. Cody, what's a teaser campaign? I'm sure that our current clients are tired of me using this metaphor, but um, Isaac, let, let me ask you a question. Have you ever owned an aquarium? My wife does. Okay. So Rhonda knows when you buy a new fish for an aquarium, you cannot just <laughs> drop the fish into the aquarium. Because, you know, particularly if you're doing like a saline or like a marine aquarium. Sure. The fish will die. So the metaphor here is what you want to do with people when you're making a change to your branding, when you're making any kind of change at all, really. Set them softly in the water inside of the bag from the pet store. (laughs) Let the water temperature regulate before you do anything. Let, you know, let the water kind of like mellow out, reach the same temperature. Then you poke a small hole in the bag to let a little bit of that <laughs> salinity and the, and make sure the like alkaline balance is proper and the fish kind of gradually switches over to the new water. And then after like two hours or whatever, then you can dump that thing in there because who cares? It's a fish. <laughs> yeah, that is a clunky metaphor. I'll allow it. it that, that works. It's clunky, but it makes a lot of sense because when you think about a teaser campaign, what you're doing over a week to you know a month and a half, depending on what your rollout looks like is you're giving people a little taste of this new thing, kind of a a timely metaphor, but almost like as a vaccine against, Hey, you're going to see something new. Don't panic. You're already prepared for this moment. And teaser campaigns can have a lot of other functions too, but like in the specific context of a brand refresh or, or a complete rebrand, 
really good way to start to give people a taste of it. Just show them little glimpses and elements of what's going to come. Maybe you're given a little bit of inside baseball into like how the different decisions were made. Unlike Anchor, who I, I know we're not supposed to talk about Anchor anymore. And yes, of course, we do both love Anchor very, very much. But just coming out of nowhere with that is a tough putt. It really is. So, yeah. you know, as long as you're you're taking a period of time, let's call it six weeks, you have a runway to start to trickle out different ideas. You can really use this as a period to reintroduce yourself to a lot of your customers as well. I mean, we've had great success with clients like working through this where not only are they kind of given a taste of the new rebrand and kind of what that's all about, but they're kind of also reflecting on their on their past stuff they're proud of. The, all the stuff that happened since the brewery doors opened and even before that, that made this rebrand possible. So that's what a teaser campaign is. And, it, it, and, and the idea is to give people sort of a piecemeal glimpse into what this stuff is going to be like without just dumping it in someone's lap. That's right. And to reiterate an earlier point, don't worry about oversharing. As long as you're not just plopping the new branding and packaging on your social media before it's all ready to go out, I think oversharing isn't a concern. Just share more and let people know a change is coming both internally and externally and it's going to go fine and also gird yourself uh, we outline this process extensively in craft beer rebranded as cody mentioned head over to craftbeerrebranded.com if you want to read more about this check out the workbook to get that punch list that cody mentioned and that that is all i've got today cody thank you this has been a thrilling conversation i'm interested to talk to you about fanny pack strategies moving into 2022 i have thousands Thank you, Isaac. Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Beer Branding Trends. If you like what we're doing here, if you find this valuable, please rate and review us over on iTunes. And head over to BeerBrandingTrends.com to join more than 5,000 subscribers who receive our monthly email newsletter covering strategy, currents, and actionable advice from Kodo Design, a branding firm on the front lines of beer and beverage branding. Take care. We'll catch back up with you soon. 